Welcome to episode 22 of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast. My name is Brent Hursty, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Blessing. Chris, how are you today? I am well. Very excited for all these prospects making opening day rosters. Yeah. Um, kind of sad about Josh Young and Riley Green, uh, two guys that I was actually banking on who will not be on opening day rosters because they're injured. Something, you know, a little disappointing, but we had a lot of guys in the last few days uh, get put on opening day rosters. It's been a long time since yeah. we've seen so much prospect player movement. It's going to be fun. So yeah. how are you doing, Brent? Yeah, I'm doing good, too. It's interesting. I had uh, I'm sort of the same way out of uh, out of a lot of the uh, rosters that I've drafted already. I have several shares of young and green at different places. Um was excited to uh, to see those guys debut early on, but uh, we'll have to wait wait a couple uh, months or even longer in Young's case, unfortunately. But that's how that's how this all rolls. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this episode. I'm doing well. Um, we're bringing back actually an article that you have done for for three years on um, each opening day. Um, we decided to do it in podcast form this year. It's called Thrive or Dive. Chris, you want to explain what it's about? Yes. If anything that I've written over the last uh, several years has been perfect for a podcast, it's Thrive or Dive. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do that here and give people kind of a preview of what I uh, and what you and what the minor leagues, uh, minors team at Baseball HQ does every year. So, yes, the Thrive or Dive series is in its fourth year. For those who are not familiar with our website, uh, the Thrive and Dive series analyzes our projection model with a scouting tilt. I got the initial idea for this series from hearing scouts say things like, our model really likes this guy, but I'm not sold, or model really nailed this kid for us. We have our yeah. own model at Baseball HQ, just like teams do. Uh, and so, and this is, the, you know, something that is available to our subscribers. Really big deal um, to have this yeah. uh, product. Always skeptical with how projection models predict rookie players. More so now than ever before because of the play at AAA being so bad. Uh, Brent, did you get to see any AAA action last year? I did, yeah, uh, early on. And uh, I, like you, um, was kind of, yeah, underwhelmed um, uh, in looking back at it now. Uh, it's definitely I mean, a different a different level than what I had been used to. And, and we looked at it. I mean, there's there's a few different disclaimers uh, when we talk about AAA ball last year. It, issues. Uh, one is that there was it's suspected that AAA baseballs are the rejected MLB balls. And we already know that like MLB switched out balls all the time last year from what we've understood from from different interviews and different research uh other sites have done. Um, yeah. So these were the rechecks. These weren't even the good balls. It's just one of the weirdest things to me that they can't figure out, even at the major league level, a consistent, you know, <laughs> from year to year, a consistent ball to use. Uh, and you yeah. would think, too, that they would, that they would, uh, you know, make that standard throughout all the minor leagues as well. But, uh, uh, you know, here we are talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely frustrating. Other issues at AAA – we went through a lot of pitchers at the major league level. So that means we went through a lot more at the AAA level. And teams didn't want to push guys that were legit prospects higher than they, sh they, they needed to be. So we didn't see many guys come up from AA late to fill those AAA gaps because those prospects weren't ready and they were busy developing. So a slew of guys that were in the independent league the last few years all of a sudden started showing up in AAA which really made any sort of projection really difficult. So the crazy thing with our projections and with other projections, I'm not going to throw anybody out in the bus. These projection models tend to get a lot closer with initial pro projection than you would actually think. Uh, last year, our model was more accurate than my own predictions. Uh, I would say year one, I did better than the model. Year two, I was about even. Last year, it kicked my butt. 
So this uh, year, I'm, I'm yeah, not 100%. I'm not 100% sure. I was going to say I went back through just before we recorded and looked at uh, looked at your article from last year, and actually you did you did didn't do too bad. You got about uh, nine of the 15 or so of them right as far as who was going to thrive or die. So yeah. I, you know you got to give your, give yourself a little more credit than that. I had such a good first year that I, I think that's my judge. My first year, I I, I nailed about eighty percent of them, and the ones I didn't nail had injuries uh, involved yeah. with them. So yeah. anyway, this year I'm roping Brent into this, so I'm not the only yeah. one who will look foolish if we're wrong with our eyeball projections of rookie performers. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Ray Mur- Ray Murphy's in charge of our projection system. Our the other general managers. Uh, Brent's work husband, I guess, would be the the best way to put this. Uh, and and we don't want to hear it from him when we get to Arizona this year that we uh, that his projections kicked our butts. So we're we're gonna try here to point out when his projections are great and when when we think that the projections might be a little bit too much or too little. Right. Uh, so, well, I mean, yeah. I got yeah. So I got to thank you for dragging me into all this uh, to be to be a part of whether our projections are right or not. But it is a good point uh, just to, to realize have how difficult it is for any system uh, like that, uh, again, that drives our projections at the site to kind of pick up on all the aspects of what's going on uh, in the minor leagues. We use, you know, we lose, use minor league equivalencies to try to get a sense of that. But uh, there's so much development going on with the players that it's just it's just uh, it's just a challenge to do that. So it's a this exercise I think is a good thing. It's it's, it's fun because uh, in a way you know a lot of those projections are coming from uh, the numbers and and uh, without that and this gives you and uh, me I guess this year uh, a chance to kind of say mm-hmm. that 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 definitely sounds feel sounds and feels right or. Uh, no, that, that seems a little off. So I think we're, I'm definitely, uh, yeah, definitely excited about, uh, getting into this, uh, little exercise today. All right. Well, so I'm going to tell you how this works. So we're going to take turns and start with a player each and, and we'll probably discuss those players and maybe actually have our own, you know, maybe we both agree, maybe we don't, but, uh, each guy we're going to assign to somebody. So for instance, Brent's first guy is going to be Spencer Torkelson from the Tigers. And we'll, we're going to introduce Torkelson and then go through the projection model uh, that is uh, popping out for the player. So um, Torkelson is projected to slash 245, 331, 416. For those that don't understand slash lines, that's batting average on base percentage and slugging. And he's expected in 512 at-bats to hit 20 home runs, score 84 runs, drive in 83 RBIs, and steal five bases. I will then ask, is this guy going to thrive or dive? Okay. So, Brent, just answer that question. Thrive or dive, just without any analysis, just to show everybody how this is done. I think he's going to thrive, actually. I like that answer. So he'll answer, and then he'll explain his rationale, which we'll get to in a second. I'll ask follow-up questions if needed. Uh, I'll end it with whether I agree with you or not, which I do agree with you. Um, Then it will be your turn to put me on the spot. We'll cover four players each, and then end with a rapid-fire round where we just answer drive or dive to the projections on some lesser 2020-2022 relevant prospects. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So we already said that Spencer Torkelson slashing 245, 331, 416 with 20 home runs, 84 RBIs, or 83 RBIs, and 84 runs is going to thrive. Now, why do you believe he's going to thrive, Brent? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a tough one uh, because, the, you know, the, for a rookie, again, I mean, we all have high expectations, but really, when you look back at, at rookies, even heralded ones like Torkelson, uh, to have a 20 home run, you know, 83 RBI kind of start is pretty um, pretty significant. Uh, I think he's going to thrive because I think he's going to, I think he has a chance to hit for even more power for that than that. Uh, now that we know that he uh, is starting up the year um, with the with Detroit, that he's made the team. Uh, you know, you look at his slugging percentages, 
Last year, um, we're all above uh, 5.30 at three different stops. Uh, so I think he's going to uh, hit some more home runs from that. And, and his, you know, he's not been uh, a, uh, you know, high strikeout sort of batting average hole either. So we have him at 245 here. I think there's a chance that he's, you know, above that, uh, um, you know, even in the 255, 260 range. So I think, I don't think it's a slam dunk kind of thrive. Um, but I do think he'll uh, out, outpace, uh, outpace this projection. We talked about him in episode 19, or episode 20, I'm sorry. Episode 20, we talked about him, uh, having seen him at the Arizona Fall League. And one thing that we, were, we discussed in that was that he obviously had late-season struggles with uh, their AAA ball club. But we were starting to see him work on, uh, specifically on the ball that is uh, the pitch that is low and away. Uh, this was a weakness when he was at Arizona State, and this became sort of a weakness that uh, was rediscovered at some point last season. I, I really think a combination of him being tired from his first pro, pro season to some injury to this issue causing him his struggles at AAA. I really believe that he showed enough in just such a slight, and I know it was such a small sample that we got to see, got hurt, uh, got a concussion while he was there, um, mm-hmm. that I really do believe that he's going to show a higher batting average than 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 the 245. I think I, I even think because of that, the slugging is going to be a little higher, but we're not talking about a significant difference. So, uh, you know, going over those, those, those two key things about, or those three key things about his struggles towards the end of the year, would yeah. you be, are you going to be higher or lower or more trepidatious now that we've discussed that? And again, yeah. this is somewhat of a crapshoot, but somewhat not a crapshoot yeah. too. So. Well, when I look, I, you know, I uh, have a stats pulled up from last year. The thing I recognize too is that even though, yes, he struggled at Triple A, um, there was 147 at bats, he had 238. Um, still hit 11 home runs there and really his, he made, uh, he continued to walk in the four, in, you know, 14% of the time there. And his contact rate was higher than, uh, higher than both at, uh, high A and double A, uh, mm-hmm. 76 to 76% contact rate. So it's not like, uh, they, you know, it's not like pitchers exploited that and just continued to strike him out more as he, uh, went up the ladder. Um, so that says to me, you know, that uh, given his higher batting averages uh, in in the, the, those lower levels, that, uh, that that will bounce back some. The second guy we have is uh, another high prospect, and that's Bobby Witt, who obviously has uh, won a third base job there in Kansas City, uh, had an outstanding spring, and, you know, for the second year in a row, just tore apart spring training, uh, and certainly this year will uh, graduate with the club and, and, and start an opening day. So our projection for Witt, uh, similarly, similar a number of the bats, having for 500 bats uh, with a 264 average, 324 on base, and 482 slugging. Comes out to 22 home runs, 79 RBIs, uh, 25 stolen bases, and 80 runs scored. So for Witt, Chris, is, is he going to thrive or dive off of this projection? Off of this projection, I'm going to say dive. But again, like with Torkelson, it's not uh, the end of the world on this. And this is something I've been kind of preaching. I preach this on the um, six-pack uh, uh, podcast. Um, again, uh, Wit has done nothing but high averages, high on-base percentage, high slugging. Well, one thing... Uh, in the small sample this spring, is he he barely walked, but I mean he also hit 400. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and for his credit, he only struck out three times. But if you if you go ahead and look at his previous uh, season in Triple A and in Double A, he struck out a combined 131 times. Uh, I I still believe that that's a significant like significant issue with Wit. My my guesstimation here is. We've got the average and we've got the on-base percentage correct. 
We actually probably have got the slugging percentage correct, uh, correct too. Like I, I really, I mean, really and truly, I the thing that I'm against right here is I don't see him driving in 79 other Royals. Uh, I, I just don't see it in that lineup, uh, especially probably batting first or second. Just don't see that that kind of production with RBIs. Uh, especially with how uh, the back of the Royals lineup is. It's not that strong. And then the 25 stolen bases last year, he stole 29. He got caught 11 times. I don't know. 25 stolen bases for a rookie is very hard. And, uh, you know, he's going against world-class catchers who could throw guys out. That's not always the case in AAA. A lot of veterans who've been around who've slowed down are are behind uh, the dish in AAA. I, I have that. The average could be a little lower and also the, the stolen bases. But I believe he hits 22 home runs. And really and truly, a 2020 season is not out of the realm. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I can understand all those arguments. I think it makes sense. The You know, certainly from the from the numbers perspective, like as we put together the projections, Ray massages them and stuff, the, you know, the runs and RBI are certainly difficult to do um you can you could because you can have sort of some uh semblance of, of what the line is going to look like and where the guy's going to hit but again it's so it's so dependent on uh kind of the other players there um and and that's not to say that these numbers are just you know grab them out of thin air or anything like that um and so in that case i think we should you know continue to use them but just but just you know realizing that the runs and rbis and Batter projections, anyway, for these rookies are especially difficult to kind of, uh, you know, put together. Yeah, they're all of the Royals' juice is, is one through five. I mean, that's really what uh, they start getting to some of the secondary regulars uh, in yeah. our leagues. Uh, yep. Guys that only in deeper formats that you're really kind of carrying. So uh, they've got a really interesting uh interesting makeup to that lineup i like the fact that and we're going to talk about two younger guys that will probably debut later on in the season during our rapid yeah. fire round but like i like what they're doing you can start seeing a, a semblance of uh the the rebuild start to flourish yeah. if that makes sense uh for sure and, like, and they, even they kind of they kind of surprised me last year i thought they'd be worse than they really were and uh they were a better team than i thought they were which wasn't great but still yeah, and there's uh, been good, you know, some interesting articles and and uh, you know examinations of some of their hitting program stuff and some of the and you, and you know you see that in spring training with the you know kind of outstanding springs of uh, Kyle Isbell and and uh, Oliveras, two outfielders that are um, you know certainly not on the high high end of of their prospect list, but they're younger guys and um, you know if if everyone uh, if those guys tend to take steps forward even if it's not into kind of a, an elite level that is just that does make the lineup stronger as they continue to grow so agreed agreed moving on player two for brent matt brash projection that's a, a starting pitcher for the mariners that we talked about last week uh five wins 131 innings pitch 385 era with a 1.324 whip but in those 131 innings, we're projecting 154 strikeouts. Brent, thrive or dive? This has got a, you know, we talked about Brash a little bit uh, last week um, with some excitement, and I think there is reason to be excited, but I'm going to take the dive on this. The 154Ks and 131 innings uh, is kind of the crux of it there for me. I just, I mean, I realize he's got uh, great stuff, uh, which includes, uh, you know, mid 90s fastball and a slider that just really moves we talked about uh adding a second a second kind of breaking pitch that he really highlighted this spring but i i without any kind of major league experience um and you know without being at triple a at all um you know he was just at single and double a last year i just think that this is a pretty pretty favorable projection the 385 era the 13 Two four whip, um, even the one thirty one innings pitch. I mean, I think they'll be they'll have some success uh, at different spots there. But I mean, uh, to me, it's he's not as an exciting of, as a prospect as say like Logan Gilbert was last year, and we all remember what kind of 
struggles, at least early on, he had. Um, it's not to say that they're the exact same pitcher, of course, um, but I think that uh, without any kind of AAA or major league experience, um, it's a pretty pretty easy take to sort of uh, go the under here and and take the dive. What do you think? I I believe that it's a dive. I I don't like that ERA. I think it's going to be higher. I think the whip is right there. He's going to walk a bunch of guys. I actually think he's going to strike out. I think that part of it's pretty accurate. I, I'm uh, especially after your report last week, and then of course I went digging a bit and. Uh, was like, oh wow, this is this is pretty incredible stuff. Uh, my thing is also like the innings pitch. My, you know, I, I'm right there with you on that. So like, while we're projecting 154 Ks, of course, I think that the innings pitch is going to be closer to about 100. Uh, I think that he'll have some minor league time. Uh, the Mariners, I think, avoided AAA with him last year. I think that he was going to get there. Uh, he was the guy that looked like, and we were kind of expecting that. Uh, and then seeing this spring how they sent George Kirby down to the double A Arkansas, I think I think it's by design trying to uh, get these pitchers away from that environment uh, yeah. uh, in Triple A right now. But like I feel like the innings are going to be split in with these big prospects. Specifically, uh, obviously we have George Kirby. Uh, who's their top uh, oh, top pitching prospect in their organization. But we also have a guy named Levi Stroud, who will be, I think, starting out in the Arkansas as well, double-A. And, and another guy that that could take some innings away from Brash. Of course, we've got injury concerns like every team. Uh, but, like, I'm going to say dive on this yeah. one. Yeah, I think that, uh, and again, I, it's certainly someone in a uh, – Keeper league, or it's it's someone that uh, I think, depending on your situation, I know that there was some FAB uh, scurrying about yesterday for some wow. leagues that first had some of the FABs uh, because this is a player that people didn't expect to be on the major league roster, and uh, you know they they saw the highlights like we did, and and uh, you know he got he got some inflated bids on that. And it's not to say that those are wrong. Um, it's just when we take the long view like this for the whole season, I think uh, I think it's fair to to uh, yeah, just to, to take the under as we've said. Crazy that you say that. I actually was going to draft Matt Brash uh, uh-huh. in TGFBI. I, I actually drafted him in my draft champions league, uh, yeah. but like I decided to bring on two prospects initially in TGFBI. And I wanted either to pick between Brash, Grayson Rodriguez. And then I also picked from Cody Morris. So I was able to get Rodriguez. And Cody yeah. Morris is an Indians prospect that was kind of under the radar a bit that, that yeah. I might have liked more till I met until I talked to James Anderson, who liked him even more than I did, uh, our friend from Rotowire. Uh, I went with the Indians hurler Morris, and then he showed up and he was injured three days later yeah. so yeah. you know I, I wanted brash i did not want him i think he went for about 76 dollars in my league i yeah. saw other leagues where he was in the 130s i think there was another league that he was in the 150s and, yeah. and to me yes he's he's going to be a, a a path to strikeouts but i th- I think he's going to do damage in other places yeah yeah that's uh that's the uh <clears throat> often what happens with the rookies uh, let's move on to uh, our fourth player and uh, another rookie pitcher, uh, one who you have uh, more experience with, uh, especially last season. That's Hunter Green of the uh, of the Cincinnati Reds, who uh, put up some fantastic velocity and kind of highlights uh, this year out in Arizona, um, and was named to the starting rotation uh, just this past week. Our projection for Green is uh, six wins, 102 innings pitched, a 4-4-1 ERA, a 1-3-6 whip, and 103 strikeouts, again, in 102 innings pitched. So, Chris, I know you have, like I said, a a history with Green. Is he, on this uh, projection, a thrive or dive? Dive, 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 dive. I don't think he Ah. showed me anything. Uh, and, and speaking to some of my Arizona connections, I don't think he showed uh, a guy that 
I, I believe, was ready to make his major league debut right now. Uh, but Chris, he threw 102. Come on. He threw – yes, I understand that. <laughs> and had a very small walk rate. But the problem is, is he has – uh, he still is having difficulty, which we saw in AAA. It didn't necessarily happen in AA last year, but we saw in AAA that like he at times was very hittable. Uh, he yeah. gave up uh, um, 1.5 home runs per nine in AAA, and yes, we know it was inflated uh, uh, place to pitch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But and also only struck out 10.9 per. That's just low. That's low for for what we see yeah. from these prospects. Uh, he appeared in three games in spring training. Uh, he had a nine ERA. He, uh, his hits per nine was 18. His home runs per nine were 3.6. And yes, I know that it was one really bad start, but like I expect that to happen every few starts. I don't see him this year getting 102 innings. Um, I just don't. I think that this is for a guy that's, uh, you know, if you're in a redraft league, I'd kind of stay away from him. Mm-hmm. If you're in a dynasty league, once he starts struggling, there's going to be tons of opportunities to pick him up because people are going to be, people are going to get grumpy about him. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's the best thing is, is that there becomes a buying opportunity. And while I don't think the buying opportunity will be as great for Brash because I don't see him struggling initially as much. I just plain don't think green is ready. I think that we're, we're about a year, maybe two from him assuming his uh his ceiling um and and, you know we've seen that with other pitchers i mean i never gave up on logan webb i just kept on believing and believing and i i i I took some lumps with logan webb uh had i still had any shares of hunter green because i traded him when he started throwing 102 last year and uh you know putting up some great stats in double a because i knew that it was still a few years away so like that—that's kind of how I see it. It's a few years away. It's coming. It's just not here right now. I slipped in that 102 mile an hour <laughs> thing, but certainly I'm also—I did that facetiously. I kind of agree with you too. I think that uh, that he surprisingly doesn't strike out as much as as many batters as you think he would, given the velocity, and that they're just uh, you know in AAA and in. Uh, spring this this year seemed to be much more kind of hard contact against than what you you know than what you might expect that way. So I uh, even though yeah the ERA is four four one and the whips in the high one threes I think it could even be worse than that and uh, and uh, yeah I think that, that he could well uh, you know after after uh, Castillo and Minor kind of get healthy if he's had you know, a couple starts of, of struggling, he's probably going to be, uh, could well be the one gone back down for some more seasoning. And, you know, and like you, I, I think it's a long-term asset that you want to hang on to uh, in a keeper dynasty league. Opening day last year for my double-A coverage was Hunter Green uh, facing off against uh, Brent's, Brent's third guy, Reed Detmers of the... Oh, yeah. Los Angeles Angels. Uh, it was one of the best opening days I've ever had with a pitching matchup. We have him projected for five wins, 102 innings pitched, so the same amount of innings pitched, a 4.50 ERA, a 1.34 whip, and 131 strikeouts. Mind you, this is a guy that's starting the season as the number six starter in a six man rotation. Uh, and he will be number six, and, uh, you know, given the Angels, issues through the years of getting their starting pitchers through uh, the season, there's a very good chance that he's not just the sixth starter. He might be the fifth starter or the fourth starter at some point. <laughs> so yeah. Brent, thrive or dive? Uh, I'm, I'm a thrive for Detmers. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, even though right now he's number six uh, in a six man rotation, I think that there's a, you know, a, you know, a decent chance that he's six throughout the year and that that's, you know, he gives us uh, 130, 140 innings pitch as opposed to 102. Um, I really liked the what I saw this spring. Had 11 strikeouts and no walks in five and two-thirds innings uh, across a couple starts. You know, the curveball looks really fantastic, uh, which has always been kind of his signature pitch. 
Um, he's been able to uh, work the fastball in there as well. I just, uh, you know, I'm not a, I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure on that sort of strikeout rate that 131 K's in 102 innings pitch, but I do think it's a, it will be a solid strikeout rate. And that, that again, I think his innings will be uh, higher than that. I mean, I, I think it's big that again for him, as opposed to green or brash, you know, that he had some uh, major league experience last year um, that we saw him. So he got over the initial kind of adjustments and kind of being a big league pitcher uh, facing, you know, knowing kind of the opponents he has faced and that kind of thing. So uh, I think that bodes well for uh, him to, again, not a, not a huge thrive, but someone that will do uh, a bit better than what our projection has. I think it's a thrive as well. I think it almost uh, maybe the inning pitches, the innings pitch is a little low here. However, I think that this is a very realistic stat line for him. I think the whip might be a little lower from, you know, just considering the guy that I saw. I know that in the projections, the projections don't say that uh, Detmers was exhausted when he mm-hmm. made uh, after he made his major league debut. Uh, I got a little concerned that they were still throwing him out there when it, it just simply looked like he was out of gas. Uh, uh, I mean, first pro season had gone up. The, this was his third level. Uh, and only threw, didn't throw, well, what, 22 innings in 2020 with Louisville? Yeah. So right. like, I mean, we're talking about a guy that, you know, ended up throwing 62 in the minors and so 82 and two thirds all together. I think it's a thrive. I think the innings pitch is going to be around 115, 120. Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends how much they want to safeguard future injury. I mean, that's another thing that we, we, we kind of need to talk about with these pitchers is uh, because of the 2020 season being what it was, mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to be much more careful with these guys. And I think our projections is showing that uh, not so much with brash, but with green, assuming that green performs like that, he's only going to get about hundred two innings. And same with Detmers. Like they're, it's being conservative on the innings. Uh, it, 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 since the projection system believes they're going to be there, but yeah. you know, for a good chunk of the year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. like, totally understand. Let's move on. Uh, Chris, your third guy we're going to talk about uh, has gotten a lot of hype, obviously, so far this year. And it just uh, was today that Julio Rodriguez uh, was, in fact, confirmed to make the Seattle club. So we have him <clears throat> projected at 488 at-bats. Uh, with a 264 average, 340 on base, a 433 slugging, um, along with uh, 19 home runs, 59 RBIs, 22 steals, 71 runs. I mean, everyone's hyped about uh, Rodriguez, and uh, I'll be interested to to uh, hear what you have to say is whether he is a thrive or a dive off of this uh, projection that we have for him. Hardest one of the whole day. <laughs> and I'm going to say thrive. And why do I say that is the hardest of the whole day? 488 at-bats. He has never gotten the 400 at-bats in the minor leagues. Uh, yeah. This dude's been injured a lot. Like, ticky-tack, some serious, like he's broken bones. Like, I want to see him get to a healthy season. Uh, but if he gets the 488 at bats, I think that he is going to be the American League Rookie of the Year. And that's, I mean, that's a tremendous thing to say when we're talking Spencer Torkelson and Bobby Witt uh, yeah, also right. have the same leg up as well, that they're going to be uh, available on opening day and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I think that this guy is so naturally good. Uh and he's adapted. When weaknesses have shown up, he's covered it up. When he's looked like he had some discipline issues at the plate, uh, waving at curveballs, he comes back and able to read spin at, at, at whatever level he's at next. So, like, this is a guy that just continually outperforms what, what we all expect from him. He, mm-hmm. in the minor league, slashed 331, 412, 543. Um, and uh, with 30 total home runs. Um, the power is about where you would expect this projection to be, but I think that 
watching him in spring training, I, I think that he'll he'll exceed that in 488 bats. The one category I'm a little concerned about it is stolen bases. Uh, he has stolen up to tw- what 21 bases in 2021 between two levels. I just think that's 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 high. Uh, honestly, if you Increase the home run, you increase the RBI, and you decrease the stolen base. You've got essentially the same player here. Uh, this yeah. guy's going to thrive. This guy could hit 280, like seriously. Like this guy is that good and has shown the competency, competency to adapt whenever he's challenged. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you as far as the, as, as, as the toughness <laughs> kind of. Of, uh, of which way to go here, I would, I would, I think tend to agree. I just think he has shown enough and there, you know, you don't want to get into it too much, but just the intangibles just seem, uh, you know, amazing for him, uh, as far as, you know, interacting with fans and just, uh, you know, his, his, uh, the way he carries himself and kind of has, uh, has been accepted throughout, uh, his clubhouse and all that kind of stuff. You know that that helps a young player adjust uh, on the field too, and I, I I think I would I think I too would kind of uh, land on the land on the thrive sort of section there with Rodriguez. It's crazy, Brent, that all of you know missed development time just hasn't even phased him. Yeah. Now we'll see in the major leagues whether it does, but I really believe like if he starts to struggle, he's going to figure his way out of it. Uh, he, for me, is a better prospect than than Kalinick was when he came up, uh, and we saw Kalinick struggle. Uh, you know, I, I I I tried to warn people that he wasn't necessarily the prospect that they expected him to be. I thought that he would do better in his rookie year. Don't get me wrong, uh, yep. but the, he was he was more of a um, a safer prospect. Julio is the high upside. And now, now looking at him, he's become very safe as well. This this guy, to me, is if, if he gets 488 bats, he's the rookie of the year. Last guy did not break camp for Brent. Um, Adelie Rushman, uh, the catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, had, has a minor injury uh, and will not open the season with the big club. I didn't think he was really going to open a uh, season with the big club anyway, but, uh, and not because of skill. Let's just put it that way. Uh, 257 batting average, 340 on base percentage, 414 slugging percentage, 12 home runs, 49 RBI, or 49 runs, 43 RBIs, and three stolen bases, and 363 at bats. Thrive or die. Yeah, this this was tough too, uh, and it's I think for me it's just the catcher part of it uh, again, and the history um, the history of hyped kind of uh, catching prospects coming up and 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 just underperforming a bit. Um, so I I think I am gonna take a slight dive here uh, off of these numbers for Rutschman. Um, I think you're right that. That, that there was a good chance that he may not have started um, up in the majors, even if he was healthy. Uh, Baltimore still is kind of confusing <laughs> as they're going yeah. about this about this uh, rebuild, and uh, I don't know even if even if he was healthy and and was really uh, mashing all spring like uh, in 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 the lines of a of a Witt or even you know a Rodriguez that they would have. Uh, started him at the beginning of the year, uh, and so I think the you know I think the injury would just help him stay, uh, will help them kind of give him excuse to kind of when he does come back uh, and is healthy to start him at Triple A, uh, even though he he uh, spent a hundred and uh, you know had 157 at bats there Triple A last year, but I think that uh, you know the, that at bat total is probably about right. I think it could be a little under that. It could be more 350, 330 range. Um, and if that happens, all of the, you know, all of the counting stats will come down again, um, kind of like brash and even, even really more than that. I think he's a fantastic sort of long-term uh, fantasy asset 
but uh, I think it's more likely than not that he, uh, you know, with this start, um, you know, kind of underperforms when he gets there. Um, you know, there's just so much, uh, so much that the catcher has to be uh, in tune with, uh, specifically uh, working with the pitchers, and that is that is certainly has been noted as a strength of his. Uh, but at the major league level, kind of controlling that game and all of that just just uh, can kind of take the take the emphasis away uh, from the bat, at least you know in that rookie season. I agree. Uh, it's a catcher. Every time you see catcher in this series, you say dive. <laughs> all right, my final Chris guy. Is, you ready for this? This is rule. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the final guy we have is uh, Pittsburgh's O'Neill Cruz. Um, got sent down last week, sort of, uh, you know, caused a firestorm, uh, on Twitter a little bit and other places, uh, because of the success. And I think just the unique, exciting skill set he has, um, uh, and, and showed in spring training, we have him at, uh, 242 batting average, 303, uh, on base, a 435 slugging, 10 home runs, 38 ribbies, 10 steals. 47 runs scored in 282 at bats. Again, a really unique player uh, because of the speed and the power and the size and the athleticism. Um, But Chris, what do you you think he's a thrive or die for 2022? (laughs) Thrive. And I'm going to also say that I totally agree with the Pirates. I might be the only one that's saying this. But O'Neal Cruz is not ready for the big leagues. Why? The dude does not walk. So let's, because he's spectacular and fun and unique, he's six foot seven and a shortstop. Let's let let's have him be in the major leagues, even though he only walked twenty times last year uh, in AAA and in the, or Double A actually. Triple A, he showed more patience, but I'm going to tell you. That pitching was worse than what he faced in Double A. He came up to the majors for two games, didn't walk at all. Didn't walk at all this spring training, and I know small sample size and stuff. This guy needs plate discipline, and the de- saying it's a development uh, um, de- del- bleh, developmental decision is the right way to go on this. Uh, this guy needs to be developed. His plate discipline needs to be developed against more advanced pitching in the minor leagues because you don't want this guy to get crushed in the big leagues like Joe Adele got crushed. And that's what I kind of saw if he was brought up right away. Now, as for this projection, I, I think he gets about 250 to 275 bats. So 282 might be a little bit high on that side. Uh, I think that he is going to hit for a higher average. I think the on-base percentage is about where it's going to be. Just be honest. I think that our projection systems even seeing him walk a little more, and I understand that from what his double A stats showed. But still, I mean, he he batted two ninety two, and 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 on-base percentage was three forty six. It wasn't really high on-base percentage given the high batting average. Uh, I think he'll hit home runs. I think he'll hit more than ten home runs in that that stretch. I don't think he'll steal 10 bases, Um, but I think that the power is going and the power. And once he gets called up, he will be probably in the middle of the lineup there. And hopefully with health, they'll have guys getting on base for him. So like I I can see most of this projection outside of maybe the stolen bases being a little low, the home runs being or stolen bases being a little high. The home runs being low and the batting average being low. So I say thrive when he finally gets up. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I am, too. Uh, I think that's just going to I think it's just going to be swing and miss and kind of uh, he'll be a low on base guy uh, throughout his career. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I agree that I think there'll be some more power there. I think I think that stolen base could be about right. So I'm going to take a. Uh, I'm going to take a mild thrive here on, on him also. Uh, and, you know, I think there's, it's not out of the realm of possibility either too, that he, you know, spends the first month in Indianapolis just mashing like crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, that he gets called up and kind of beats that 282 at bat projection too. I mean, there's certainly, uh, they get past the, uh, you know, the, um, 
super two deadline or whatever. I mean, there's, there's not, not, not much in front of him, uh, no matter what position he's playing, whether he's a shortstop or whether they have skipped them to the outfield by then. Going to do a quick rapid fire round before we end this thing. We'll both yeah. give our answers, but we're going to take turns saying the dudes' uh, names and the, and the projections. I'm going to say the first five. Brent's going to say the first, uh, the last five, and we're just going to simply say thrive or die. Number one, Nick Lodolo from the Reds. Four wins, 102 innings pitched, 3.79 ERA, 1.19 WHIP, 111 Ks. Thrive or die? Thrive better than Green this year. You stole my thing. Thrive better than green <laughs> this year. All right. Gerardo Perdomo, Arizona's Diamondbacks shortstop, 217 average, 295 on base percentage, 323 slugging, two home runs, 14 RBIs, 23 runs, three stolen bases, 184 at bats. Thrive or die? Uh, he's going to, I'm not super excited about that, but he's going to beat that projection. He's going to thrive off. Agreed. New swing that got developed last year. Our f- resident Philly expert, Bryson oh, <laughs> Stott. Average 264, 323, 388. Five home runs, 17 RBIs, 23 runs, three stolen bases, 219 at-bats. Thrive or die? Thrive. He's going to have more than 219 at-bats. He's going to have more in the 330, uh, 350 range. And while I think that uh, slash line is about right, I think he's going to with the extra bats, pile up more uh, counting stats. So thrive. Thrive, and he plays defense too. Four, Riley Green, injured. Uh, we're not going to see him until probably June-ish, I think, is probably around uh, the time we'll see him, unfortunately. He was yeah. probably going to be in the top section before uh, the injury happened. Uh, Riley Green, 269, 335, 437, seven home runs, 35 RBIs, 40 runs, six stolen bases, 247 at bats, thrive or die. Uh, I'll take the I'll take a dive. Even though I really liked what I saw out of Green, I, I have a hunch that that uh, that the injury could could really slow him down and and mess up the season. So I'm going to take dive. Dive, but have yeah. you been healthy? Thrive. Oakland Athletics third baseman recently acquired Kevin Smith, 242 average, 316 on base percentage. 439 slugging, 12 home runs, 47 RBIs, 44 runs, 11 stolen bases, 338 at bats. Does he thrive or die? Thrive, although I I think that I think that we're heavy on some of those counting stats, but I think I think he's gonna beat his overall that overall projection. Dive. He can't hit. <laughs> Good. We disagree on that. Good. Finally. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Great. Yeah, and number six is uh, Nick Prado, first baseman for Kansas City. We have him at 215, 296, slugging a 442, 15 homers, 52 runs batted in, 52 runs scored, seven steals in 305 at bats. Chris Thriver, dive. Thrive. Uh, that's a very low average for him. I think he bats in the 240s. I think he on base percentage in the three, 310, 320 range. Uh, thrive. I think it's I think it's dive because I don't know that he's going to get. Uh, I, I I think that I think that home run RBI total run scored total is high. So I think yeah, I'm going to take dive there. Uh, teammate as catcher MJ Melendez, 252 batting average, 337, 426, slugging with seven home runs, 38 ribbies, 34 runs scored, one stolen base, in 181 at bats. Thrive or die? Thrive. Even with 100 at bats, he has 10 home runs. Agree. I think the power's for real. I take Thrive, too. Uh, Nolan Gorman for St. Louis, 232, 268, 386, uh, slugging nine homers, 27 ribbies, 27, 26 runs scored, three stolen bases, and 227 at-bats. Thrive or Dive? Dive. The approach needs to be fixed. I'm going to take Thrive. I think the power's for real, and I think he could hit uh, double-digit home runs and, and see some more at-bats than the 227. Jock Lowe, 259, 348 on base, 422 slugging, six homers, 29 ribbies, 29 runs scored, 10 steals, and 180 at bats. Thrive or die? Raise, die. 
dive because it's unpredictable. I'm going to take Thrive. I think the 180 at bats is low. Even if he comes up part way through the season, I think they'll find you know platoon spots for him that uh, he'll beat those six homers and 10 steals, especially. And last, number 10, uh, teammate again, Vidal Brujan, 247, 314 on base, 396 slugging, six homers, 29 ribbies, 40 runs scored, 22 stolen bases, and 248 at bats, thrive or die. Thrive. I see uh, six home runs being a little bit too much, uh, but I think the whole uh, line is is going to be the, what it is. Dude can play six, seven positions. I'm going to take dive because I think I think the I think the stolen bases is while he's fast. I think the stolen bases are over projected there, and I think that is going to have a lot of effect on his value. And I just am not sure about the playing time with all those other pieces they have there. I, I just am more in on low than Bruhan this year. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, wrapping up a great show. We covered 18 rookies kind of in depth for you as uh, you're continuing to prepare for either opening day or maybe some of you even have some drafts yet to do. Great week to be a baseball fan for sure. I'm glad for uh, you joining us uh, on this episode of the Eyes Have It. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will take listener questions uh, for any future show. You can email us at the eyes have it at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. Chris is at Chris underscore blessing and you can find me at Brent HQ. Also, thank you for subscribing and uh, leave a good rating and review for us. It really uh, helps us out. Appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Have a great week, Brent, and to everybody out there. Happy opening day. Happy opening day.